Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. So you tried the Premier's Cheesecake, did you? Ah, yes, I did try the Cheesecake. Can I say, I can say in the podcast what I couldn't say on social media and what I couldn't say on the air. So many people were very, very kind and intelligent and functioning members of society. They saw me post the pictures of the cheesecake and they understood that it was Premier Doug Ford's recipe. He put this out on Friday. I said I would try it and I did. For you people that looked at it and said, oh, it doesn't look very good. Or, oh, uh, uh, you should have done this. Oh, you should have done that. It's not my fucking recipe. Oh. I didn't invent it. I said from the start, I'm making a recipe. It has nothing to do with me. I'm not a baker. I have no idea what goes into a cheesecake. You could have told me to mix milk and flour and eggs in a cheesecake will form. I would have believed you. Yeah. I have no fucking idea what's in a cheesecake. Oh, people need to stop with the fucking micromanaging of everything online. Everything. I, it's, you know, similar happened with me um, it, when I posted a barbecue, my barbecue, uh, over the weekend. Uh, we were frying up some burgers. And someone's like, you need to do this. It looks like you're at the state where you should be adding the cheese. Why didn't you add the cheese yet? Are you adding cheese? You should be. Like, who, who the fuck are you? And you're not invited to my barbecue. So fuck yeah. off. Right. Thank you. I just don't understand why. Why would you comment if you didn't know the whole story? You didn't even read the tweet, which it says right at the beginning. Try the premier's famous cheesecake recipe. I attached the recipe as one of the pictures. People still. No, no, no. Didn't do that right. Didn't do this right. Fuck off. It's not a recipe. You know, one person said, oh, I saw such and such made it and it looked a little more original. I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean, but there's nothing original about following someone else's recipe. (laughs) It's someone else's recipe. Like, shit. What are we doing here? What are we doing? That's Uh, the best. (laughs) You know, like, oh, the the one that I saw looked a little more original. What does that even mean? It's a recipe. Calm down. He just released his quote-unquote recipe, which really there's, and and, I love Doug, but there's nothing that special about this recipe at all. No, by by all accounts, it's a lazy cheesecake. It's very It's a no-bake cheesecake that you can bake with real like, low-end ingredients. That's right. Like, my my mother-in-law, for example, will make a cheesecake. She'll, everything's from scratch. She doesn't use no fucking Dream Whip or anything like that. She, she uses her own whip. That's like a real from-scratch recipe. This one was, was very lazy. It really was. Oh, it absolutely is. This recipe was, uh, it's probably meant for people like me who have never really baked. And this was the whole point of it is there's stuff you still can do at home. Try baking. Try making this cheesecake that Aunt Wendy told my mom about. And my mom used to make it for me and Rob. And now I make it for my family here. All right, fine. There's no gourmet recipe that calls for three packets of, of, of Dream Whip. Yeah. You know, you don't even make the crust. You just put graham cracker in a pot and mix it with a brick of butter and then put it in the pan. (laughs) It's not hard. It's good. In any case, I tried the Premier's recipe. And no, it's not difficult. Yes, it's delicious. But the recipe is off a little bit. There's way too much crust. He says use two boxes of graham cracker crust. 
or graham cracker to make the crust. Two boxes is way too much unless there are smaller boxes out there. And if there are smaller boxes, I didn't see them in the baking section, and he probably should have specified that on the recipe. He's not exactly a details guy when he puts out this recipe, by the way, because there's a lot of stuff that was a little ambiguous. Mm -hmm. But fun activity. If you want to make the Premier's Cheesecake, go right ahead. It's delicious. It just makes a lot. He says to make it in a 9 or 10-inch pan. You make a lasagna in a 9 or 10 inch pan. That's a big cheesecake. Wow. Huge. Anyway, uh, hey, how was your long weekend? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was, I mean, uh, I enjoyed uh, like moments of it because the weather was so shitty the last couple Terrible. of days. I would have really liked to be able to hang out outside as much as I did Saturday um, all through the weekend. But it was really nice. Um, Saturday, outside, we did an outdoor picnic for the girls. We set up a little bit more of our patio furniture. We made plans for the garden. Um, so I feel like it was a really nice, productive day. And it was just one of those feel-good days you know that we all deserve right now to just be outside taking that vitamin d had drinks by one of the not the real fire pit i still actually haven't lit that up yet in the house which is crazy i i'll do that soon you have a fire pit in your house we have a fire pit outdoor fire pit oh outdoor yes it's not inside no we have a fireplace inside it is not a pit uh but we haven't lit up the the fire pit outside just yet actually we had plans God bless my neighbors who are just like us and honest. And I, I hate people who tippy-toe around things if they don't feel like doing things. I just appreciate honesty because we're very honest people, my husband and I. So the reason I say it is Saturday, we were outside. Like I said, we were doing stuff in the garden, saw our neighbors. We were all in good moods. We thought, let's go to the fire pit tonight. So they all over told us to go over to their place. They have one too. So we said, great, sounds good. Well, we'll chat later on. So sure enough, evening hits. It's about 7, 7.30. My husband and I are outside, but there was a bit of a chill in the air at that point. Yeah. It started to get a little real, and he popped his head over uh, over the fence and just was like, yeah, I'll be honest. It's a little cold now. Now I don't feel like it anymore. <laughs> so, that, <laughs> so that was that. We said next weekend. Okay. So this weekend we'll have a distanced uh, fire pit hangout, uh, I think, with the neighbors. But I appreciated the honesty because I was also cold. Yeah. Hey, you know what? They're going to turn out to be good neighbors for you then. If you can have that kind of honesty and just straight up say, I'll be honest with you, I don't really feel like it now. Okay, great. You know, you set plans when you've been day drinking or when you're out doing something during the day and, hey, let's do this tonight. Let's have a few drinks or barbecue. Yeah, sometimes your mood changes. You should be able to just say, I don't really feel like it. Because chances are you probably weren't all that thrilled about doing it anyway. There you go. Good. Very good. That's awesome. I love that. I played golf for the first time this year on Saturday. So how did that go? And spoiler alert here, I already know you didn't win. No, I lost by one stroke. <laughs> one stroke, and it still bothers Damn me. Damn it. Um, but how did it go? Like, was it as easy as you thought? Was it a little more difficult to play than before this? It was so good. So I played at a course in Campbellville, which is between uh, Milton and Guelph. Campbellville. It's right off Guelph line. The course is called Turtle Creek. Beautiful course. It's been there for a while. It's not your atypical golf course. This isn't a big, wide open, pull out your driver and bomb it. In fact, I probably use my driver on about three or four different holes on this course, and that's it. You've got to use a different club selection, but it's good. Um, The COVID stuff that they've got in place is okay. They uh, will not let you take out a cart, a power cart, unless you live at the same address as your partner and you came in the same car. Now, I was playing with my dad, but my dad and I met there, and we don't live at the same place. So even though I was playing with my dad, they made us take two different carts. 
Okay. Yeah. I like that policy. Yeah, of course. I think that's good for stopping the spread. They also will not let you touch anything on the golf course. All the ball washers, gone. If you want to wash your balls, do it at home. There's no way to wash your balls on the course. <laughs> Wash your balls before you go. And yeah, may I exactly. recommend you wash your balls after, too? Probably a good idea. On the golf course, you cannot touch the flag anymore. They've got this neat little contraption that they stuck in the hole that prevents the flag from coming out, and it prevents your ball from dropping into the hole. Hmm. It just drops maybe like a, a half an inch and sits there. Enough that you know it's in the hole, but not enough that you need to touch anything on the golf course. All in all, I thought it was really common sense, smart stuff. They did a good job. Oh, and when we took the carts back, somebody was right there with a squirt bottle full of sanitizer, wiping down the steering wheel and surfaces that you may have touched. Good. And then you're on your way. Good. I feel like golf courses, knowing how seriously they're taking it and how good a job they're doing at managing it, are going to excel with this. This is a system that they can probably keep in place. If we do get a second wave, We probably don't even need to shut down the golf courses because they're doing everything right. Uh, A shout out to Piper's Heath as well. That's the next course on my list. I'm going to play that later on this week. I spoke to Mark out there on the weekend, and I'm going to go and play this week. So golf courses, good job. Uh, Do you think schools should go back in? Uh, No. They're making the announcement today. Depending on when you're listening to this podcast, it may have already been announced. But uh, right now for us, it's about nine minutes before 10 a.m. And the announcement comes down at 1 p.m. Should they reopen schools? Yeah. And I mean, my answer to that will still be no. I don't think that we're quite quite there yet. I think that parents are really nervous. Who would even be putting their kid into school is a question mark, which don't get me wrong. That'd be an okay thing, right? The less kids that are actually in the classroom. But then you wonder the the differences between those kids who are still trying to learn from home because parents aren't comfortable with them going in and those who are in the classroom. What's the difference there? There's also a lot of teachers that are quite nervous. I was actually just in a long conversation this morning with teacher friends of mine that are nervous about this announcement today because they don't feel ready. And they also have kids that if they have to go into their classrooms they got to send their kids to school they're not fully comfortable with it either um i mean their decision will not be based on what other what the private boards are doing but what i will tell you is that i have a friend who works in a private school and they've already pretty much come to the conclusion although i think that they're making their official announcement today too that it's not going to happen and their reasoning was very similar to i think what the reasoning should be for it not to happen here um busing with social distancing will be an issue obviously we know classroom numbers with social distancing might be an issue cafeteria and food handling and in a lot of cases you do have to be able to provide food uh, to those kids. There's a lot of meal programs and stuff. They're going to have to look at those differently. Uh, Proper hand-washing stations throughout the school, a little bit more than there is now, and washrooms even are going to have to change the way they do things. PPE, given there's a shortage right now, will they be able to get the proper PPE in time? And also, if they do, that's an additional cost. Do do they want to spend more money right now? Does the government want to spend more money to make sure all of this is in place? So because of all those reasons, what I'll tell you is this particular school I know is not going to continue on. They're going to continue uh, distance learning. And it just made me think, yeah, those are those are great points that uh, that the uh, public uh, and Catholic boards around here are going to have to look at. You know, it's funny. I'm reading through the comments about this on Facebook because I did ask people, uh, could you lock in your guess? Is school starting up again in June or... Will it be distance learning? And then they start up again in September. Because even September is kind of a question. There's a lot of particularly post-secondary schools that 
are pretty well saying now it's not a given that school will start up again in September. Um, I, I think probably, for me anyway, I think kids should be back in school. I think that the only way to get the economy restarted is to ha- give parents a daycare option, and they cannot afford to pay daycare, especially after living off of two months on the CERB. So, yeah, I think that uh, school probably should go back in. And before you lose your shit, let me tell you why. Number one... They shouldn't all go back at once exactly the way they did before the pandemic. They should probably go back to school for limited hours or on staggered days or um, uh, use the full building, not just the kids' classrooms. Maybe some classes are actually going to be taught in the library. Some classes are going to be taught in a gym. Some are going to be taught in the reception area at the main office. Whatever. I think that they probably should start going in if for no other reason but, A, to provide parents with some options so they can go back to work, and, B, so that they can start learning the protocol. We all know going back to school in September is stressful for a lot of kids. Throw in all these new rules, it's going to be very overwhelming and scary for a lot of kids. Give them a couple weeks in June, let them get used to it, Respace out the classroom, work out the kinks, and then everybody's ready to go for September. I don't expect a whole lot of learning to be done, but I would think that if for no other reason but just to get them ready for the the new reality, it's probably a good idea. I don't think there's any point in high school students going back. They can't write exams because they didn't have a full semester of learning, and it's only, what, a week and a half until Mm -hmm. uh, if they go back in June, it'll be a week and a half to two weeks before exams would have started anyway. Uh, So probably no point. But um, I I really do, though, worry about the teachers, particularly the older ones, because Mm -hmm. they're the vulnerable demo. Yeah. Demo. Kids themselves, even if they do catch it, in most cases... Uh, It's very, very limited what they actually get. There's a lot of people who make the case that maybe they should catch it, start building up the herd immunity to the virus. But I worry about the teachers and the caretakers and the Mm -hmm. administrators and the librarians and and the older, more vulnerable demographics. So I think if the kids do go back... They should be pretty selective about which teachers go back and maybe even make that on a volunteer basis, not force teachers to go back, not force kids to go. Just open the schools and make it voluntary. But what would be absolutely mandatory is that the distancing rules get followed. I think that's probably the best way to do it. It's pretty reasonable compromise. That's what I do. I'm a reasonable guy. Uh, (laughs) And I think that that's really the right answer. Okay, uh, we'll see what happens. I am. I. I, I do think he's going to cancel it, though. Yeah, I'm. I'm hopeful that he does. Honestly, I just don't see. I don't see a point in stressing so many people out and going through it. Uh, so many. What do we do now? How much money are we spending? What do we do? Like, just leave it. Just let it die. Let 2020 die, man. It's over. Like it. it it's, it's done. Let it go. I'm uh, looking at the back in the day. We have a whole bunch of different things that get sent to radio DJs every day. And one of them is what happened in the, the, the past on that particular day. So I'm looking at the history of May the 19th. It was today, in, uh, 484 years ago, in 1536, King Henry VIII had his second wife beheaded after she was convicted of adultery. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about the amount of people listening right now. They're like, okay, can we do that now? <laughs> he married someone else the very next day. Right. Hey, listen, we got a lot of shitheads in society. I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea to at least have a discussion about bringing back beheading. 
beheading that's that's harsh though like i mean don't get me wrong i'm all for death penalty in a lot of situations but beheading is a little much why is it the mess yeah it's probably the mess right it's the mess and the visualization uh, that thought like keep them in one piece at least and you know that they went that way uh but yeah that's messy man who's mopping that up well, I mean, there would be people who'd be paid to do it. There's a lot of people who are sitting at home collecting the CERB right now that would much rather have a job. I assume beheading would clean up would probably pay pretty well. You might even get danger pay for that or be eligible for the pay bump that we heard so much oh about. Oh, God, that's so gross. <laughs> that's so fucked up. Beheading. That's a very final thing. You know, it's not even like they can save you. If you go in front of a firing squad... You're not necessarily going to die. The electric chair doesn't work all the time. Lethal injection, sometimes we run out of drugs. Beheading, that's final. I say we go back to beheading because there's too many shitheads out there. (laughs) You know what I'm all for, though? Uh, In all seriousness, I don't like the beheading thought. I just, yeah, like some people deserve to die, most definitely. Beheading, a bit much for me. What I do agree with, though, any pedophile, any crimes against kid, you should automatically, if it's a male which in most cases it is, statistically, chop the dick off. Like, straight up, line up the people who maybe have been burned in the past. They sign up, they get through, uh, and they get an axe. And they just, you know, line up that dick and just get to fucking axe it right off. Well, that is beheading. Sure it is, in one way. <laughs> You're just yeah, cutting the except you might, off. you might survive this one. The other one, no, no, definitely not. There might be a little more blood. Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, there, for whatever reason, May the 19th is actually a fairly substantial day with things that have happened. So I'm going to run down a couple other things. Stop me if you want to weigh in on any of them. It was 94 years ago today, 1926, Thomas Edison spoke on the radio for the very first time. Wow. Happy birthday, radio. I love that. For a bunch of people not listening to the radio, listening to a podcast. That's <laughs> how people are still doing it. You know what? I feel like with everything we're going through in 2020, they, they say, and I mean, the numbers keep coming in that show people are listening to radio maybe more than they ever have before. It's very, uh, you know what? All the stats tell us that people are listening to more radio. It's um, uh, comforting. It's familiar. And radio is more local than just about anything else. It's remarkable how much local stuff has been axed by the big companies. So this has all happened for a couple different reasons. Number one, big companies bought out the little companies. And then there was consolidation. All these companies thought to themselves, well, do we really need to have a newspaper in Windsor. No, not necessarily, because they can just read the Toronto Star and we'll put a little Windsor section in it and we can lay off a whole staff. Unfortunately, that sort of thing happened a lot, but every area still has a radio station and people are going there for local information. It's important. 28 years ago today, Billy Ray Cyrus released Some Gave All, which featured the hit Achy Breaky Heart. That's like his only hit, right? It's, uh, well, in Old Town Road. Oh, of course. Old Town Road until now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. For sure. Give him full credit for that. 26 years ago today. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. No, no. I'm just going to say, isn't it amazing how so many years later you can top the charts all over again? Mm hmm. Uh, Today, 26 years ago, 1994, the final episode of L.A. Law aired. I watched that a lot as a kid. I think that's why I wanted to be a lawyer and still might. 15 years ago today, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith hit theaters. That was terrible. Like, that whole prequel thing that they tried to do with Star Wars was just an abomination. I don't understand any of them. I've tried to watch them, and I don't get it. 
Now, granted, I'm not really a Star Wars guy to begin with, but all those prequels were hard to watch. Even Star Wars fans say that was a dark period. <laughs> and uh, happy two-year anniversary to Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Chances are, two years ago today, at some point, you flipped on the TV and watched as Harry married Meghan. The longest procession of all time they always are they always are but i remember watching from the they went from this thing to the carriage to the across and then over and then who would have known back then and by the way it seems like that just happened but who would have known a couple years later we talk about them differently now don't we sure well uh okay when he wanted to split from the royals there's a lot of people who think that she is the reason that he wants to split from the royals, and a lot of people aren't okay with that. Sure, there's some people who think, yeah, it's him, he should be able to do whatever he wants, but there's a lot of people who think she pressured him into it, and they're not okay with that. That's not necessarily what he signed up for when he got married to her. Do you think it was? Do you think he, that was the plan all along? We'll get married and then eventually split? Yeah. Or do you think she sprung it on him after they got no, married? No. Like, people need to stop with that shit, man. He's got a mind of his own. People always just assume it's the woman that's the woman's changing it. If you go back to interviews with that Prince Harry did, and this was obviously, it was semi-recently, not too that much long, long ago. I don't remember when it was. He actually was saying things like, I'm questioning my life. I, I'm not going to lie to you because of what happened to my mom. I've been doing a lot of thinking now that I'm reaching that stage where I want to get married and have kids one day what does that look like for me he did that way before he was even dating Meghan markle so people need to calm the fuck down they're making the choice together nobody's making him do anything but they want to they want to paint someone else to be a bad person right they need to look at someone and go it's your fault so they're pointing a finger at Meghan. like leave it the fuck alone leave it the fuck alone yes exactly <laughs> have you uh, been watching the um what the hell is it? That Michael Jordan series that people randomly talk about from time Yeah, to The time. Last Dance. It's incredible. It. Yes, I have. Do you like it? I love it. Because it really seems to have renewed a lot of interest in Michael Jordan. Yeah. I personally never forgot about Michael Jordan, but it's almost like people did. Because now they just auctioned off a pair of his old cleats from when he played baseball. And they are autographed, but they sold for like $93,000. Yeah. For an old pair of shoes. That, uh... That series, and I know you probably hate it when people say, you got to watch it. But seriously, even if you're remotely interested, I say do it, watch it. It is very interesting. Now, for me, I was in like grade, when they were at their prime, when the Bulls were at their was a, were in their prime spot there with Jordan and Rodman and Pippen, I was in like grade six. So I didn't watch a lot of basketball, but everybody knew who the Chicago Bulls were. Everybody knew them. I had a couple of friends that would watch religiously, but I didn't know the back stories and then you hear down the line oh michael jordan's a prick like he the things he used to do apparently and stories would slowly come out at that time there was no social media you didn't see a lot of what happened behind the scenes well with this docuseries you do and it's so interesting i am still curious i know that they had cameras around and they knew they had cameras around but why did we not see this footage really until now as a whole, it's incredible to me because I had no idea. I knew Rodman was fucked up, but the shit he used to do and the shit his teammates would do to get his ass back to practice and get reel his ass in to be the best person he could be, because really he was on a downward spiral. He could have killed himself in Vegas, I'm sure, but they brought him back and Jordan had to be the asshole to bring out the best in everybody else. So yeah, he would poke fun at people. He would do things and say things that some might even say is bullying, but he did it all to win championships and that's exactly what he did and he did end up bettering people 
you know, for the most part, I think. Anyway, it's really incredible, the behind-the-scenes stuff for this. So The Last Dance on Netflix, I really, really strongly recommend it. I'm all caught up at this point so far. Hmm. Um, will you eat at a buffet ever again? No, I don't think so, Scott. I don't think so. They asked people, because there's some buffets that I really enjoy. In America, they have this great chain called the Golden Corral. They've got everything, and it's cheap as shit. It's like $6.99 for an all-you-can-eat breakfast buffet and like $12.99 for dinner. And they've got everything from wings to prime rib. It's a really great selection. It's a good buffet. If you're in the States, try out Golden Corral. Here's the thing. Only 27% of people say they'll probably eat at a buffet in the future. 65% 65% say, absolutely not, no way, no buffet. That's pretty bad news for chains like sure. The Mandarin and uh, Tucker's Marketplace sure. there in Burlington and Mississauga. That's well, a lot of people who will never even consider going to your business again, well, they say. A- you have to change your model. Like the way you, you, The way you have to look at it, and you have no choice if you want to survive, is you have to reinvent yourself. And I think about, when you mention that, I think about the sushi places, right? The all-you-can-eat sushi spots. There's actually one I'm staring at right now as, I, as we record this podcast, Yee's, which is an incredible spot in Kitchener. I miss their stuff so much. It's an all-you-can-eat without the buffet. You order a la carte, they have an iPad, and you just simply click, click, click. When you want something, they bring it to you as it comes in. That's the exact model that Mandarin has to switch to if they want to survive. You're right. Mandarin's weird, though, because they don't just have Chinese food. Mandarin's one of those strange places where imagine sitting down and and doing the iPad ordering. And I've seen that at at Japanese restaurants, too. But imagine doing that with like a Mandarin theme. Like, yeah, I'd like you to bring me some pizza and I'd like some Szechuan chicken and some some egg noodles and a slice of prime rib with some mashed potatoes on the side kind of fucked up right like the waitress the waiter they're gonna look at you kind of messed up when they bring you prime rib pizza and and leftover fucking general township okay can i say though that's what i love about it i would love if they switch the business model because i don't want to get looked up funny when i have a plate full of jello a piece of pizza a chicken wing and a fucking dumpling you you gotta you gotta carry that around in this case someone's bringing all that shit to you and nobody knows that you're eating all that shit on the same plate Oh, that's great. <laughs> the Jello's the best part, right? <laughs> the only time you eat Jello is when you're at the Mandarin. It's amazing. <laughs> um, I got to apologize to my girlfriend. I really do. What'd you do? She uh, first off, I did not know how much I liked risotto. I, as it turns out, love it. So she made a fantastic risotto for me this weekend. And I did comp- I, to thank her. I did promise to try and say it right, and I believe it's risotto, not risotto, which is how I was saying it. And then I get that caker look from her. Um, but no, she bought a Roomba, and it just got delivered late last week. And I was over at her place yesterday for Victoria Day, and I said, "A Roomba? What a waste of money! You've got a Dyson. Why would you waste your money on a Roomba? No. That's silly." No. Oh, believe me. I realize now what an asshole I was because after I set up that Roomba on the app on her phone, I sat there and watched that fucking thing for hours. It's amazing. 
<laughs> You've yeah. got one, right? Yeah, I do. No, the room was incredible. It's the best. It's the best purchase. It's the best purchase we made. Uh, got it kind of as a housewarming gift in the new place. We use it upstairs and we use it downstairs, and it is the best. It's the best, especially if you have a if you have pets. It's great. Uh, you kids that make messes, it's wonderful. But the Roomba is a part of our family to the point where my daughter names Roomba when she names members of our family. Like that's how often Roomba is just around our family. I can't believe what a good job it does, too. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I, I'd heard of some sort of a rumor that it, like, maps out your house. But then as I did some reading on it, it turns out it just has really intuitive sensors yeah. inside it. And it knows, oh, well, I better stop because I'm about to go over the stairs. Or it knows, um, oh, crap, look at that. There's some running shoes there. I can't do this particular spot. But then it'll navigate around the running shoes, and it just does a real good yeah. job. It's a little random in the path that it chooses to go. But either way, it <laughs> does the job it is and to go home so there's a home button so if you have it scheduled okay so we have it scheduled every every weekday morning we give it a break we do give it a break okay we we do um like one or two days a week but most days it's out it's running at 8 a.m but and 8 a.m until like whatever sometimes 10 a.m it'll run and it but if you hit the home button right it'll find its way home well it takes Roomba a long time to find its way home though and like you said about the path it'll take the weirdest fucking way to get home even if it's a straight shot it's like well i'm gonna do a christmas tree shape over this way it takes forever but uh no the technology is amazing you could even step right in front of it and you can listen to it slow down like it knows you're it's about to hit something it'll just go boom like slow down it's incredible the room is the best I thought it was just awesome. And I'll be honest with you, I had taken an edible. So I'm sitting there watching this goddamn thing go around and, and, and clean her carpets. And I realized, shit, I've been watching this vacuum cleaner for like half an hour, 40 yes. minutes, and didn't even look up at my phone or anything. I just watched this vacuum go around and around and around. It was messed up. Uh, good, though. I mean, going to be honest with you, I kind of want one now. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I could totally see myself getting one because it does a really, really good job. So congratulations to the fine folks at iRobot. You've won me over. I just needed to see it in action, and, and now I know it's good. Uh, thank you for listening to After 9 today, everybody. We did something different on our morning show today on 91.5 The Beat. We had a good friend of ours that used to come on our FM show in Toronto all the time, and he happened to be in our area today because there was a bad accident in Baden, which is just west of Kitchener. Sergeant Kerry Schmidt. Carrie's a great guy, and Carrie's the guy who not only uh, broadcasts on all the social media platforms from the side of the road when there's a bad accident, but he's also the guy on Heavy Rescue 401, if you ever watch that show. So we interviewed him this morning, and we talked about stunt driving, and what else did we ask Carrie about? Well, we talked about where, like, what his, he uses to operate. Like, his vehicle is incredible. If you if you follow him, you know he's got a great little setup, production wise. His truck is cool, right? So I'm glad that you went in depth there with that one because I was really curious myself what equipment he's working with. So he answered that and more. So uh, without further ado, we've decided to add this. Uh, we had a couple of listeners that just missed uh, some of the interview. So uh, we always do requests. We're okay with that. Someone requested we add this. Here you go. Sergeant Kerry Schmidt from the OPP. Okay, so you put this out yesterday. You got a 25-year-old driver stopped in heavy rain in Hamilton on the QEW. Driver says to the officer, I can't afford to lose my license again. 
because they were recently charged with again. stuff driving. <laughs> Isn't it, that's never good when it starts with that. I can't do this again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boy, you know, we've had Cat- a lot a lot of those uh, kinds of scenarios in the past. And uh, whether you're a suspended driver, a G1 driver, uh, just a careless driver, it doesn't matter. Those kinds of speeds, 160, 200, 240, we've had all sorts of aggressive drivers. And I know we're all enjoying... The uh, open highways with less congestion, but again, uh, this is not an open invitation to test your vehicle as it is on a racetrack because it is just far too dangerous. Well, that guy was going 163, and then I'm also looking at charges laid against a 39-year-old guy from Toronto who was stopped on the QE at Centennial Parkway going 171, and he had double the legal limit of alcohol in his system. Gary, what is going on? Well, yeah, really bad decisions here right now. Uh, we've seen an increase in our stunt driving charges across the region, across the GTA and through through uh, Hamilton-Cambridge area. And you know, I don't know what we can do to tell people to slow down because uh, we just finished our Canada Road Safety Week. We also just finished got through our long weekend. And right now, speeding is the number one killer on provincial highways. And that is something that people need to understand. And when you're going ridiculous speeds, uh, you don't have the time to react. And, you know, we had lots of rain over the weekend. Uh, you know, it could be uh, standing water, ponding water, and so on that you could lose control on. You don't have time to react if something comes up in front of you. And just like uh, when you have a two-lane road, oncoming traffic, if something happens, your time to react is so, so minimal if you're going too fast you may not have the ability to stop in time or change your driving mm. wow well that's a good reminder i mean hopefully people take it to heart i mean when you have to say to the cop please don't write me up for stunt driving because i just had to pay off my last stunt driving there's a problem oh my gosh that's yeah. bad yeah, yeah. yeah your can i ask you one take a hit I'll bet. Can I ask you one more question that somebody asked me to ask you the next time I talk to you? Yeah. What's in that truck? Like, you've got like a mobile broadcast unit of sorts there that you're in. (laughs) Everybody wants to know what's in there. Like, do you have a driving TV studio? (laughs) Almost. uh, I got uh, all kinds of screens and monitors and cameras and a few things set up here. It's not too elaborate, but it certainly helps me do my job and lets me get to the scene and and give you updates right from the scene, which is uh, exactly what people want to do. So, you know, wait for my content to come out. Yesterday, we had another crash in the 401 and vehicles pulling off on the shoulder, blocking traffic, taking pictures. Listen, just get on your way, follow us. We'll give you what you need if, if you think you need a, uh, a picture from the scene of whatever's going on. But uh, yeah, my truck's kind of cool. I, I like it. I'll yeah. give you a tour when we, get, when we can get together. Well, that's what I love okay. about following you is you're everywhere. You're like the Ryan Seacrest of the OPP. I mean, you're just... <laughs> you're wow. always there. You're wow. always on. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, it is a compliment. You're, you're always... You're always there, and and that's the part we love about you. We appreciate it so much. You know, Ryan, Ryan Seacrest is the Carrie Schmidt of Hollywood. So. <laughs> How, about there you go. How about that? How about that? Perspective is everything. <laughs> All right, Sergeant Carrie Schmidt from the OPP, we appreciate your time. Be safe out there.